Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. Glad you're here right off the top at 6 o'clock as we bring you Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. First look here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning disturbing incidents at or near two Florida airports. We'll have details coming up in one minute. That Melbourne airport security breach, I'll tell you what's really scary. We'll talk about it together coming up on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 93.1. A suspected kidnapper armed with an AK 47 rifle is dead after exchanging gunshots with police a few blocks from Miami International Airport last night. An FBI spokesperson told the media they were investigating a fugitive case when the suspect fled. They say the suspect in a hate crime investigation was seen and apparently shot at police. They returned fire and killed the suspect. No one else was injured. Authorities continue to investigate a bizarre incident at Orlando Melbourne International Airport. A person identified as a senior at Florida Institute of Technology reportedly jumped a fence at the airport and got into a commercial jet. According to Airport Police Chief Renee Purden, the suspect was stopped at the flight deck by maintenance workers. Immediately, the STS employees notified the airport police department, who are on duty 24 hours a day, seven days a week at this airport. And they responded within a minute's time, and that subject was apprehended without incident. Purden says the suspect was stopped before he could cause any harm to anyone or anything. He is identified as... Nishal Sankat, a dual citizen of Canada and Trinidad and Tobago, and is in the custody of Melbourne police facing numerous charges. I've got a lot of questions about this security breach at the Melbourne airport, and I'm going to put them right out there in a moment, Alan. This news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh's accuser is willing to testify before a Senate committee under certain conditions. CNN reports Christine Blasey Ford's attorney told the Senate Judiciary Committee that Ford is willing to testify next Thursday. Ford will not appear at a hearing scheduled for Monday, saying it's too soon. At a rally in Las Vegas last night, President Trump talked about his nominee. I'm not saying anything about anybody else, but I want to tell you that Brett Kavanaugh is one of the finest human beings you will ever have the privilege of knowing or meeting. Trump told the crowd that Ford's sexual assault allegation needs to play out, but he thinks everything will be fine because Kavanaugh is a high-quality person. There's a lot of stuff going on. Fast and Furious will sort it all out. We're also going to have a live report on all of this Kavanaugh-Ford Judiciary Committee drama later in this hour, Alan. UCF's mishandling of state money runs deeper than originally thought. The school announced yesterday it has found another $10 million that was misspent this is on top of the $38 million for operations that was used illegally for building the new Trevor Colburn Hall. UCF CFO Bill Merck resigned over this matter last week. North Carolina is still struggling with the flooding Hurricane Florence left behind. Governor Roy Cooper said yesterday emergency teams have rescued nearly 5,000 people. That's twice as many as during Hurricane Matthew two years ago. The Florida Gators legend known as the head ball coach Steve Spurrier was on the air yesterday morning with Bud as the name of Orlando's entry in a new pro football league was announced. The Orlando Apollos. We, oh. uh, it's a tribute to NASA, the Kennedy Space Center, Apollo Central, Program, Central yeah. Florida. 
uh, Apollo was the Greek uh, god of the sun, sun god. Yeah, and that's, and, that's uh, we're it. the sunshine state. We are. This so, is great. I like the way it yeah. sounds. It rolls off the tongue. It's beautiful. It's bud approved. It is. I like it. I mean, come on. I'm sure you made the coach's day. The Orlando Apollos will begin play in the eight-team Alliance of American Football next February. Spurrier is the head coach. The Apollos will play their home games at UCF's Spectrum Stadium. I don't think I made his day, but it would, I, you made the day for a lot of us here. You oh, were talking yeah. football or Redskin football. He used to coach there. Right. You've been a lifelong fan, and uh, uh, he was absolutely terrific. Couldn't have been more upbeat and engaging and a uh, very friendly guy. He just walks into the newsroom and says, hey, everybody. <laughs> it was terrific. <laughs> Let's talk football. That's right. <laughs> WFLA News time is 6.06. A man's mid-flight proposal to a flight attendant gets her fired. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. Alan, thank you so much. Alan Spector brings us the news on Friday, so he'll be here top and bottom of the hour till 9 o'clock and whenever news breaks. Yaffe's our executive producer. And uh, Steph will be taking your calls. She's the voice you'll hear when you want to talk with me and sound off on the hot topic of the moment, 407-916-5400. Our toll-free number is now 866-916-5400. Text line still 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Under the heading here, Alan, of breaking news, we have it on good authority that Yaffe's new girlfriend may actually make an appearance here on the 50,000-watt front porch later in the show. Really? We, we are just Can you confirm trying, that? Can you we are confirm just that? trying to scare her away, aren't you? Yes, no. she should be visiting today. Yeah. And well, she'll be on the air? Don't. Well, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know what it is? What I'm really worried about, the two of them may stage a coup and throw me right out of here in the 8 o'clock hour. It could be, I could be done. <laughs> No, she's a big fan of yours, bud. <laughs> I understand we met once upon a time. I can't wait to get the rest of the story on that. She's uh, she's uh, obviously the apple of Yaffe's eye. And uh, Don't sound too surprised I have a girlfriend. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> well, I I'm am. <laughs> I'm shocked. But <laughs> Well, if you do, you've been, keep, you've been hiding them from us, and you're not going to hide this one. We're, de- we're delighted. Steffi, if you're out there, nothing to fear. We will welcome you. With open arms, when you drop by a little bit later on, it'll be great to get to know you. She's uh, squealing to a stop and turning around immediately, <laughs> even as we speak. Right, <laughs> Fleeing the state. <laughs> All right, good deal. So here we go. Um, this Melbourne airport security breach, you know, the police there are all saying, listen, the security system worked and all of this, everything is fine. He never got really a hold of the plane. He never took the plane out. He never put the plane in the air. So what's everybody worried about? I got to tell you, there are some things that really worry me here, and it's a bigger picture than just the Melbourne Airport incident. So we'll get into it. I'll tell you what concerns me, and I definitely would like to hear from you. So that's where we begin on a Friday morning, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and I'll have that here in two minutes, of course. On News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 54. So here's what we know. This 22 year old Florida Institute of Technology student is a student pilot, uh, and that's in Melbourne, by the way, the school. And uh, his name is Nishal Sankat. He stopped his car 
at Melbourne International Airport, hopped over a chain-link fence, ran across the the tarmac into a hangar, and actually got all the way in and to the cockpit of an Airbus, an American Airlines Airbus that, you know, would normally fly 200 passengers. They were doing maintenance on it, rewiring the Wi-Fi in it is what we're being told. And a couple of the maintenance workers saw him and said, you know, what are you doing, yada, yada, yada. They got a hold of him. They um, they had control of him. Then he ran away. They managed to catch up with him again. Then he tried to get away later on. So they rounded him up, and he has a court appearance today. Um, first question I have, beyond the fact that, are you kidding me? You can just hop a fence at a commercial airport and get all the way across the tarmac and into a plane and into the cockpit? Look what we go through to get on an airplane just to fly when we paid our ticket. We got all this security inside the airport for we passengers, but I've known this for a long time. It's no secret that basically airport perimeters, which are enormous, of course, are way underprotected. Their chain link fences all over the place. More on that. But the other thing that comes to mind with this guy, particularly I'll tell you in a moment, because when you hear that he's from Trinidad, Tobago, which is a, a, a dual island nation down in the Caribbean, that's concerning to me because they've got a real problem with being a breeding ground for radical Islamic terrorists who get trained and then go overseas and join ISIS or Al-Qaeda. I've got more on that coming up. So the question was posed to the Melbourne police chief, and uh, his name is David Gillespie. Uh, Here he was yesterday as the... um, as law enforcement and the FBI and the terrorism unit has been brought in, by the way, looks for a motive. So is it terrorism, Chief? At this time, also, uh, we will say that there is no evidence to indicate a connection to terrorism. This guy holds um, dual citizenship from Canada and from Trinidad and Tobago, which is where he comes from originally. Um, He has a commercial pilot certification, qualified to fly multi-engine aircraft, instrument rated. Um, This is like, you know, smaller planes, banner towing planes, crop dusting planes, but he doesn't have a certification to fly a passenger jet, but it looks like it doesn't mean that he would not be capable of doing it. I mean, why would the guy do this? His roommate was interviewed by one of the local TV reporters who told him, no, 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 he just wanted to go home. There's no, no terrorism here. That's not what this was all about. I don't know. I have a little trouble buying that. Uh, But at any rate, I want to know about this guy. I want to know more. I frankly want to know something that they'll never bring up on the TV news. Is is this guy a Muslim? Um, What about any terrorism connections? I'm sure they're looking into it, but I hope they don't squelch it if they find something here. What was his motive? Are you kidding me? He just wanted to go home, so I'm going to grab a 200-seat airplane? And take it out and fly it to Trinidad, Tobago? Really? What if this guy had what if this guy had a gun? And what if this plane weren't in the hangar with chocks under the wheels so it couldn't move? What if he just went out on the tarmac and got into an airplane cockpit with a gun while they were doing maintenance? Maybe he could have put this thing in the air. Maybe while he actually didn't have a gun, he intended to use the plane as a weapon a 9-11 and fly it into a building or something. 
So there are a lot of questions that need to get answered and not swept under the rug here. I, uh, I really wonder, I mean, how, I want to go home, give me a break, buy a ticket. At any rate, what about airport security or lack thereof at our airports? Does it frighten you as much as it does to me that we've really got the bases covered beautifully post 9-11 inside the airport for people trying to fly? But on, on the outside, look what's going on. And we have an incident at an airport that is now reported around this country of this sort about every 10 days. Don't you think we need to upgrade perimeter security, not only at Melbourne Airport, but that at just about every airport in the country? Chain link fences in an age of terrorism, not going to get it. Does anybody share any of my concerns on this? And what are your thoughts in the wake of this scary incident at Melbourne International Airport? Join me at 407-916-5400. I'm toll-free is now 866-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. So this um, Florida Institute of Technology student, 22-year-old Nishal Sakat, jumps a chain-link fence at Melbourne International Airport, runs into a hangar, and gets all the way into a parked commercial airliner, an Airbus, an American Airlines uh, plane that would carry 200 passengers. They're doing some maintenance, and people are, are rightly um, saluting the heroism of the maintenance workers who were on the job and realized, whoa, what is this guy all about? And they were able to corral him, even though he ran away a couple of times, it is reported. But should it ever come to that, for goodness sakes? Recently in Seattle, we had a guy who got, got a hold of a plane and he flew it, and he flew it around for an hour, and nobody knew what he was going to do until he finally crashed the thing, killing himself. Um, we had a guy wind up uh, on the tarmac on the wing of an airplane recently in Atlanta. This kind of stuff is going on all over the place. Should it ever come to that? How in the world can we have this elaborate post-9-11 security insider airports, you know, where we're, we're, we're you know, we got to put our hands over our heads and we get this scan and they see our bodies naked under our clothing for crying out loud. We have to take off our shoes. We wait on line forever. And it's all very sophisticated, and it is very complex. And then outside, it's another world. You have airport perimeters protected by chain-link fences that a 22-year-old student can hop over. And this is true at Orlando International Airport. It's true at every airport I see. And I don't understand how in the world we can allow that to be so in an age of terrorism. Don't you think it's time for an upgrade if we want to go not go high-tech? How about just making the fences a lot higher and putting razor wire on top of them? Or maybe electrifying the top of a high fence so nobody could reach up and accidentally get fried, but that somebody would get zapped pretty good if they tried to go over the fence. Why in the world, in the name of security and protecting the flying public and the American people from having a plane used as a bomb to fly into a building and kill potentially hundreds of thousands, why are we not maxing out on airport perimeter security? Other stuff is more expensive, but it's out there, and I guess it's being used in places, but it wasn't being used as far as I know at Melbourne. Lasers, other high-tech security, cameras, et cetera, et cetera. 
It's unbelievable to me, Yaffe, when you look at this. I don't know whether it's terrorism or not, but if this guy was a terrorist and this guy had a gun and that plane happened to be on the tarmac instead of against the wall in a hangar, God knows what might have happened. Yeah, I guess they just don't want to spend the money, even though I don't know if a high chain link fence with razor wire is really that expensive. (laughs) Not in the grand scheme of airport security. My God, billions and billions and billions of dollars have been spent, continue to be spent, just paying the TSA workforce around this country, for goodness sakes. It's incredible to me. We have this gaping hole in an age of terrorism in perimeter airport security. God, thank you, the worst has not happened, but it seems like a much too open invitation to me. Yeah, I think it probably will change, though, soon, because you cited some examples. Those are all pretty recent examples, so it seems to be a problem. Hopefully, they'll address it. But An airport breach on an average yeah. of every 10 days, and I'm not talking about, you know, a security situation where somebody tries to get a gun past TSA. It's all outside stuff. That's what's going on in this country, and it's incredible. We need to demand of our congressional representatives that they get as serious about airport security in the perimeter of the property as they have been at the checkpoints for passengers trying to board flights they've paid for. And as for this guy, his roommate saying he just wanted to fly home to Trinidad, Tobago. Oh, by the way, the U.K. uh, has issued a warning for people down there about terrorism in that island nation of Trinidad, Tobago. And, and it's very interesting when you read it, as I have, and they warn people about this, and they say at least 100 people there have left the island and gone to fight with al-Qaeda or ISIS, that they get trained there, and that lone wolf terrorists are radicalized and trained on that Caribbean island from which Nishal Sankat hails. There's a lot more we need to be talking about. And I'll bet you haven't heard some of this stuff on the local television news reports. That's why we're here, to give you the whole story and not to kneel to political correctness. Alan, shortly after um, we wrapped things up at 9 o'clock yesterday, mayhem broke loose up in Maryland with another mass shooting. What do you have on that this morning? Well, the investigation is underway, bud, in Aberdeen, Maryland, as law enforcement looks for a reason why a woman went on a shooting rampage at a Rite Aid distribution center yesterday morning. Harford County Sheriff Jeffrey Gaylor said the 26-year-old woman arrived for work and then opened fire, killing three people, wounding three others, before turning the gun on herself. What we know is that the suspect was a temporary employee, uh, employed here at the distribution center. She had reported for her workday as usual, and around 9 a.m. the shooting began, striking victims both outside the business and inside the facility. We do not at this time have a motive for this senseless crime. The identities of all of those shot, including the shooter, are being withheld as investigators continue to interview witnesses. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The latest economic news is good. The Labor Department reports 201,000 Americans filed first-time claims for unemployment benefits last week, and that is the lowest number since November 1969. And stocks hit a record high on Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gaining 251 points to close at 26,656. Summer ends this week, but Floridians are still making travel plans. A new AAA survey finds that nearly three-quarters, 73% of Florida residents, will take at least one vacation from September through November. 
In Tampa, AAA's Matt Nasworthy says weather is a big consideration. Obviously, the weather is going to be cooler. You know, I've been a Floridian my whole life, and for those folks that have lived down here and have lived through August every year, it's always nice to go somewhere cool after the, the big heat and the big humidity. Nasworthy says fall travelers also take advantage of lower prices, smaller crowds at popular attractions, and a chance to see fall foliage and colors. A Seminole County judge's ruling is pleasing greyhound advocates. The judge ruled yesterday that owners of dogs that race at the Sanford Orlando Kennel Club must report their dog's injuries. The ruling upholds a county law that dog owners challenged on the grounds it violated state law. A lawyer for Gray 2K USA credits the judge for recognizing greyhounds deserve the same protections as other dogs. And we need to check, bud, and see if uh, hell hell is frozen over. Uh Uh-oh. Baker Mayfield led the Cleveland Browns to their first win since week 16 of the 2016 season last night. The number one (laughs) overall pick replaced an injured Tyrod Taylor to carry Cleveland to a 21-17 comeback win over the Jets on Thursday night football at First Energy Stadium. The best part about it was that we were here at home. Um, You know, you got to feel the energy of the crowd, how badly they wanted it as well. You know, we got to play for play for each other, but at the same time, this city does deserve it. Um, we got to have that mindset of going to get it, no matter what's happening. Mayfield came in with the Browns trailing 14 to nothing and helped them outscore the Jets 21 to three the rest of the way. Fantastic! He looks like the real deal. Congratulations to the Browns. It's been agonizing the long wait for a win. Finally, WFLA news time is 6:37. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thanks, Alan. And you had some information about the record high uh, performance on the uh, on the stock market yesterday. We're going to bring in Gina Savetti with our morning Bloomberg Business Report right now. And, and we're going to start right there. Good morning to you, Gina. Good morning, bud. What you got? All right. Well, the stock futures sort of indicate that we might see more gains building on yesterday's record highs. Today, we get a look at some September data so far on manufacturing and services activity. We had the S&P 500 up yesterday about 23 points. That's the broadest measure of the stock market, a gain of eight-tenths percent at 29.31. The Dow jumped 251, or about 1 percent, and closed at 26,657. And the Nasdaq was up 78, or about 1 percent to 8,028. Technology, healthcare, and financial sectors led the gains as trade fears have once again eased. Who knows how investors will feel about this next week because it seems to change on a day-by-day basis. But certainly some gains for this week, and we saw the Bloomberg Orlando Index rising seven-tenths of a percent. All right, and Wells Fargo, I mean, they were the best when it came to stagecoaches. Maybe they should have stuck with it because the banking thing doesn't seem to be working out too well right now. Further evidence of that on the Bloomberg Business Report this morning, right, Gina? That's right. They've had their challenges, and now Wells Fargo plans to trim its workforce by about 5% to 10% within three years as CEO Tim Sloan works to boost the lagging stock price following customer abuse scandals. He made the announcement to employees at a town hall meeting yesterday. Wells Fargo had 265,000 employees as of the end of June. Analysts have cut their estimates for the bank's earnings again and again after the Fed punished Wells Fargo with an unprecedented cap on growing assets. Wow. Here's an interesting headline Gina gave me before the show. Can't wait for this story. Huge convenience store owner considers cannabis marijuana market 
What do you have on this? Well, you have these there in Florida. Circle K convenience store yeah. owner Kush Tard is already considering the possibility that North Americans may be able to buy some pot when filling up. This is at some point down the road. Uh, one of North America's biggest convenience store owners, as we just mentioned, based in Quebec, says it's looking into the cannabis market where it feels its expertise in selling age-restricted products such as tobacco and beer can help. Very, this is very. not going to happen right away. No, it's most certainly not. You know, not as long as that marijuana is illegal uh, federally. At the federal level, first of all, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we'll see. First word on that. And, uh, you know, everybody is into this um, Alexa voice assistant. Yes, Alexa, all manner of things with his home device. And now Amazon's come out with all kinds of new devices to enhance the Alexa experience, right? Right. You almost can't keep up with all of these new devices. Amazon apparently thinks that your home is not smart enough, and it's introduced several new gadgets and features that use the Alexa voice assistant, including a microwave oven and a home security device. A $60 Amazon Basics branded microwave allows consumers to issue basic commands such as cook the carrots and the microwave does the rest. The Alexa Guard... <laughs> can detect breaking glass, smoke, or carbon dioxide and send an alert to your phone. I have a hard time believing, but maybe it's true, bud, that somebody yeah. at this point can't actually walk over to the microwave, press the button, and cook their carrots. But Gotta have if help. you can stay on the couch and do it, more power <laughs> to you. <laughs> Jeez, unbelievable. Fascinating stuff. Always great when you join us. Gina Cervetti live for the New York City Bloomberg Newsroom with our daily Bloomberg Business Report. Back off the gas, enjoy your weekend, and we'll catch you Monday. All right, Gina? Take care, bud. Have a good weekend. Thank you. We're sure going to try. In a moment, though, you may be in your car, but I want you to transfer to the train. I've punched your ticket for the Trump train. In a moment, we're going to catch up with the president at that incredible rally in Las Vegas last night, and we've got more as well as the Trump train departs the 50,000-watt front porch. Be on it moments from now. We'll get to that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA and AM 540. You think the president's support is eroding? The mainstream media would have you believe everybody is fleeing from him, but I've got to tell you, there has never been a president who, once he is in office and the campaign is over, and well over a year and a half into his first term, beset with all kinds of problems and challenges who could pack them in like Donald J. Trump. Picture this scene at the arena in Las Vegas late yesterday afternoon. The line stretched for a full one-half mile. People waited hours to get in to see the president in 95-degree heat. They were not disappointed. It was a raucous, wild scene as much as anything during the heat of the 2016 campaign. Here is the president on the Kavanaugh situation interviewed on Fox just before the rally. To see what's going on is, is just very, very sad. You say, why didn't somebody call the FBI 36 years ago? I mean, you could also say, when did this all happen? What's going on? Uh, to take a man like this and be smirched. Now, with that being said, let her have her say, and let's see how it all works out. But I don't think you can delay it any longer. They've delayed it a week already. 
And Christine Ford is now setting conditions for her testimony to tell her story. We'll get into that in a live report coming moments from now. But now back to the Las Vegas rally. And during the rally itself, you know, the polling that is out there is showing that Americans in increasing numbers are opposed to the confirmation of Kavanaugh for Supreme Court. You wouldn't know it from the rally last night. Listen to this. I'm not saying anything about anybody else, but I want to tell you that Brett Kavanaugh is one of the finest human beings you will ever have the privilege of knowing or meeting. And the president laid the wood to the Democrats. Listen to him rip them from pillar to post. Today's Democrat Party is held hostage by left-wing haters, angry mobs, socialist fanatics, deep state bureaucrats, and their fake news allies. This is the big, that's their best partner. They were with him all the way. It was a wild scene. Classic Trump rally. Finally here, and we got into this in detail yesterday, and we've done it before. Um, the RNC has done a poll that shows 57% of solid Trump supporters think the Democrats have no chance of taking the House or the Senate because they don't believe that the media is telling the truth. They don't believe the polls. That breeds dangerous complacency. It was good to hear the president striking the same tune as the Bud Man. Here he is on that. Promise me, you got to get out for the mid. Don't be complacent. You got to get out for the midterm. Sounds like they'll be showing up at the polls on election day. Now, the president talked about the situation with the Supreme Court pick Kavanaugh. Um, we have all kinds of new information now, negotiations underway to get Christine um, Ford's story told. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But if you want to get up to date, you can't do better than staying with me into the next segment when we bring in our fine News Radio 93.1 national correspondent Michael Bauer, because there's lots going on overnight you may not be aware of. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, his accuser, Christine Ford. Will she or won't she testify and tell her story? We're beginning to get a little more clarity on this. It's hard to keep up with all the back and forth. That's why I've turned it over to the man who can really do the job for us. News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Michael Bauer. Good morning, and what can you tell us at this hour? Good morning, Bud, man. I can tell you I have been following this all week, so I know how this drama has unfurled and gotten to the point right now where technically the ball is in the hands of the Senate Judiciary Committee right now. As of yesterday, we were looking for at a 10 a.m. deadline that was set for this morning where the Senate Judiciary Committee has told the accuser of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh that she had to make a decision on whether or not she was going to testify on Monday. Uh, the lawyers for Christine Blasey Ford issued an email and then had a telephone conversation with members of the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday saying that she is indeed ready to testify, just not on Monday. The earliest that she feels that she could be in D.C. ready to testify would be Thursday, and she had a list of things that she wanted to see happen in order to testify. So uh, we'll get to that in a second. But one thing I found interesting was that Republicans had started searching for an outside lawyer to handle the questioning of Kavanaugh. Ford, possibly even a female litigator mm -hmm. uh, that would try to turn down the heat 
in regards to this political and, and emotional climate for the statements that were going to be made by Dr. Ford. What I found interesting is that Dr. Ford said specifically in, in her list of conditions that she did not want to be questioned by any special counsel or any outside lawyers. She wanted to be questioned and wanted to answer to individual senators. Oh, so I think I she likes the optics of, of 11 older guys picking on a woman about a story that's sketchy from 35 years ago. It seems as though they're very clear on how they want this thing to appeal, the very, the very optics, as you mentioned here, of how this thing would all go down. Now, she also, in, in a very weird twist, I don't see how this would happen at all, she wants Kavanaugh to testify first, and then she would tell her story to the committee. But I don't know how somebody like Kavanaugh, who would, in, in essence at this point, try to be clearing his name, would be able to say, yes, I didn't attend that party that she hasn't spoken about first. That's just not the way this thing works out. No, she has to go first. Michael, for goodness sakes, and tell me this. I mean, since when does a witness who making a very serious charge like this get to set the terms of when she'll testify and under what conditions? I never heard of such a thing. With all of that, it does seem like this this is turning into a Van Halen concert writer that's asking for no brown M&Ms in the bowl. Uh, but that said, this, the reality here, and the lawyers have made this clear for Dr. Ford, that this date of Monday was kind of set as an arbitrary date from the, the Senate Judiciary yeah. Committee. Can they be flexible on that for three or four days? That's where the determination has to come into play right now. Can they hear her on Thursday? And since there are security concerns, not only for the threats that she's gotten against her life, and specifically reports coming out recently about one saying that if you come to D.C. to testify, uh, your life is on the line. But also we've seen that the Kavanaugh family has also had threats against their lives. So it would seem as though an amped up security on some level would be good for both parties there. Uh, And the fact that it's just sort of a scheduling issue at this point might be something that can be worked out in order to get this testimony. And frankly, for the Senate Judiciary Committee to kind of at least feel as though they're giving in and, and appearing to be good guys on some level in order to get her there to testify and hear her story yeah. might not be a bad thing. That's what they've got to figure out today. Um, we have less than a minute. Uh, any other women come out? I mean, there have been some who said, yeah, I heard a story about this. We went to school together, etc." I mean, has any, anybody else come out and said, I can back up this story? I was a witness or whatever? Interesting. A few, a few women who have posted online and in social media that have said that kind of thing have sort of backed off of that as well, and they will not be, at least at this point in time, either questioned by the Senate Judiciary Committee or even want to be questioned on any level going forward. They kind of made their statements, but they were also on some level getting these death threats that kind of came about uh, the same way that they've come about for the Kavanaugh family and for the Ford family. So it seems as though those threats have got people scared enough to not say anything going forward here. Uh, 20 seconds. What are we looking for today, Michael? Uh, I think we're going to see whether or not the Senate Judiciary Committee is interested in having her testify on Thursday. It would seem to me they'd want to do that more than anything else because Judge Kavanaugh's going to want to clear his name. So I think you're going to see this postponed till Thursday. They'll probably make that decision at some point this afternoon. Delay, 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 destroy, destroy, destroy. That's what I think's going on from the other side, but I appreciate your objective reporting on it. News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent, the great Michael Bauer. Thank you very much as always, Michael. Have a great weekend, Budman. Good deal. And you know what, gang? Part of a great weekend might be going to the movies, and maybe even it would be a better weekend if you didn't have to pay to see your favorite film. 
It's Free Movie Friday once again here on WFLA and Good Morning Orlando. Thanks to our good friends at Adam Tickets, here's your chance to win free movie tickets. You need to text Adam Tickets now. Here's what you do. Text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win. Oh, and you're going to love downloading and using that Adam's Ticket app. It's where you browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. Happy Free Movie Friday from all of us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Alan's in with the news on Fridays for us, talking about some serious incidents around two Florida airports, both under investigation, and the head ball coach meets the Mudman. Good morning from us all at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Friday as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, incidents around two Florida airports under investigation. Details are coming up in one minute. And we'll compare and contrast the Florida education plans for DeSantis and Gillum next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 93.1. Police shot and killed an alleged kidnapper just a few blocks away from Miami International Airport last night. The FBI says the suspect was armed with an AK-47 rifle and fired at police first. They returned fire and killed the suspect. There were no other injuries. Police and the FBI have yet to provide any additional details. A student at Florida Institute of Technology is under arrest, accused of trying to board a vacant commercial jet at Orlando Melbourne International Airport and head for the cockpit. Airport Police Chief Renee Purden says he was stopped cold because everybody knew exactly what to do. There was no harm, foul or uh, property damage to the aircraft or to any persons involved because everybody did follow those security measures that we have in place at this airport. The suspect is named Nishal Sankat, a dual citizen of Canada and Trinidad and Tobago. Investigators say he was unarmed and a search of his car and home turned up no weapons or explosives. He has no criminal record. Yeah, and it's interesting. We talked about it in depth in the 6 o'clock hour. The FBI and and their terrorism experts have at least been brought in that Police chief out there says they have no indication it is terrorism. The frightening thing is he could just hop a chain-link fence and get all the way out and in the cockpit of a commercial airliner. The security at the perimeter of our airports is woefully inadequate. This news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The California college professor who accuses U.S. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting her will testify before a Senate committee if she is protected and the conditions are fair. That's what a lawyer for Christine Blasey Ford has told the Senate Judiciary Committee. Ford also does not want to be in the same room as the federal judge, she says, held her down and groped her when they were teenagers. President Trump's former personal lawyer says he's giving critical information to the special counsel on the Russia probe. Jill Nato of Fox has details. Michael Cohen posting on Twitter essentially saying good for Michael Cohen for providing critical information to the Mueller investigation without a cooperation agreement. No one should question his integrity, veracity, or loyalty to his family and country over Donald Trump. ABC's reporting President Trump's former lawyer met several times with investigators from the special counsel's office. Cohen pleaded guilty last month to eight federal charges and said then-candidate Trump told him to make payments to buy the silence of adult film star Stormy Daniels, as well as a former Playboy model who claimed they had affairs with him. Jill Nato, Fox News. 
A study more than 10 years old could offer insight into why this year's red tide is so bad. The 2007 study by NOAA says fertilizer from homes along the Mississippi River is picked up and carried south by the river into the Gulf. The nutrients from the fertilizers usually collect along the mouth of the Mississippi, but currents this year are pushing all of that pollution east towards southwest Florida. That's a take on this I hadn't heard before. You know, I mean, a lot of talk about what's going on in Lake Okeechobee, et cetera, right. you know, and uh, and whatever, and that the source is, you know, Florida waterways. But uh, this is interesting that it's all coming down from the Mississippi. Orlando's new pro football team will be named the Apollos. Head coach Steve Spurrier was on with Bud yesterday morning with that big announcement. I think it's reflective of our area here, and uh, we believe we're going to put a good team together for the people here in central Florida, Orlando area. And uh, we start kicking it off, start playing in February of 2019. The Apollos are part of the eight-team Alliance of American Football, a brand-new league. They'll play their home games at Spectrum Stadium on the UCF campus. We'd never met him before. We had a great time with Steve Spurrier. He was humble, he was friendly, he was engaging, and looked like he really wanted to be here, and he's excited about coaching again. Me and you and other folks in the newsroom here, we turned into little kids again. When I was growing up here in Florida in the 60s, I idolized Steve Spurrier as a quarterback for the University of Florida. Every Sunday, we'd watch University of Florida football highlights with Coach Ray Graves <laughs> and enjoy the exploits of Spurrier as quarterback, place kicker, and punter for those Florida Gators teams in the 1960s. And the first of the school's three Heisman Trophy winners. W- wow. Yeah, WFLA News Time is 708. 70,000 bees are released after a tornado topples a tree in Virginia. Oh. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us. Good Friday morning. Hey, if you listen to us on the FM dial at 102.5, be sure to move over to 93.1 because that's where we're headed on the FM dial and lock it in now. 102.5 FM goes away starting October 1st. No changes if you listen to us on AM 540 or on high-definition radio, 107.7 HD3. By the way, the website is now WFLAOrlando.com. Contact numbers uh, for us here. The, the, the local is the same. Toll-free is now 866-916-5400. Text line still 23680. If you want to weigh in there, standard message and data rates apply. If you have kids and grandkids here, uh, you'll be particularly interested if they're of school age here in what the next governor of Florida has in mind in terms of education. The two candidates, DeSantis and Gillum, have trotted out their education plans. There are lots of contrasts. There is some common ground. We'll sort it out and see which you favor here in a moment. We'll have that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you. And that happens in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Six and a half weeks until Election Day here, the critically important Florida governor's race Advantage in all the polls by at least a few points. Radical left-wing Democrat Andrew Gillum, the mayor of Tallahassee, and conservative Tea Party guide endorsed by President Trump, Ron DeSantis. They have both come out, these two candidates, with their education plans should they take the reins of power after Election Day. Let's start with one point of agreement, and I am with them on this. 
um, vocational education. Both are supporting this, that not everybody needs to get a four-year college degree. Too many kids are going hopelessly in debt along with their parents, studying for getting degrees where they, where they can't get a decent paying job. And not everybody is four-year college degree material. Both candidates, Gillum and DeSantis, emphasizing their support for, for boosting, energizing Florida's technical and vocational programs. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing because there's an awful lot of great jobs out there that are well-paying that need to be done in this state that require what you get at a vocational college but don't get with a four-year college degree at, say, a liberal arts school. Yeah, I mean, I know people my age, younger than me, that never went to college and are making good money right now, more money than I do. And having so. fulfilling lives, too. It's about more than money. Yeah, it's about it's, about it's about being well-trained according to the gifts God has given you, not trying to be a square peg in a round hole and be something you're not, you know? Yeah, I was talking to a guy who was repairing my refrigerator, mm-hmm. and he says his company needs people, but there just aren't enough people out there who are trained for jobs like this. Both of them are right to emphasize that, you know, and I salute them both. Some common ground with DeSantis and Gillum, but that's about all the common ground that we could find. Um, Big contrast here in these programs. A top priority for DeSantis requiring that 80% of all funding for public schools be used in the classroom, not for administration or hiring new Members of a school district's bureaucracy here cut down on bureaucratic waste and administrative efficiency. DeSantis is also talking about doing a better job of funding classroom supplies so teachers don't have to dip into their own pockets, which I've always thought was wrong and outrageous, but they have to do it in order for the kids to have what they need, and it shouldn't be that way. He also talks about making teacher pay pay more competitive than it has been because that would help alleviate the Florida teacher shortage, he says. The reasons people don't come into the teaching profession and stay there now are more complex than the pay, but that is an issue for many. However, when you look at um, Andrew Gillum, of course, he's the Democrat socialist candidate here for governor, he wants a $50,000 minimum teacher salary statewide. Minimum, $50,000 and up. Um, How would he pay for it? This is interesting. Massive corporate income tax, which will be a business and job killer here, and he wants to then generate through that and by legalizing and taxing recreational marijuana, not medical, but just general-use marijuana, to provide a billion-dollar fund to, in part, pay what it will cost to give every teacher a $50,000 a year salary, Yaffe. Yeah, I don't think that's even going to be enough. I mean, education's already some one of the biggest things in our budget. You don't think 50000 is enough, or you don't think a billion dollars uh, will be enough? I don't think his tax increases will be enough. I think you're going to have massive deficits if you implement something like that. I mean, that's just the reality. Uh, if Gillum gets in as governor, and there's a blue wave in this state, And over the course of this and another election cycle, suddenly the legislature turns Democrat. You're going to be looking at having an income tax rammed down your throat. I'm telling you, it's all big government with Andrew Gillum. Which would kill business in this state. Yeah. DeSantis is in favor of vouchers and uh, charter school opportunities to give people school choice. And Gillum, not so much. For him, it's all about the public schools. And he doesn't have much interest in that. I am on DeSantis' side.
Well, yeah, of course, Gillum wants to just focus on public schools, government, government, government. That's the solution to all our problems. That's what Gillum believes. I'm with DeSantis as well. So we've given you some of the common ground, the comparison, and then the contrast in the Gillum and DeSantis Florida education programs. What's your reaction, particularly you moms and dads who are listening to us who have kids in school or grandkids in school? Who do you like in terms of their education program? This is important stuff. Not the sexiest thing in the world we could be talking about here, but maybe among the most important topics we could share with you. And so let us hear from you. 407-916-5400. Toll free now, 866-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. We've laid out some of the highlights of the Gillum and DeSantis education plans here, if they become governor, and we've asked for your reaction. Chris, good morning. You're on with a Budman and Yaffe on this topic. Good morning from Orlando, Chris. Good morning. What do you think? Um, well, I'm completely uh, agree with Gillum about the uh, raising the, uh, the teacher's uh, salary. Uh, to at least 50000 My mom was a teacher in the Clearwater area for 35 years in high school, and I feel like that's the least they can do. And if they um, somehow legalize and, uh, the recreational use of marijuana, I feel like the surplus of that will just probably make up for a lot of the, uh, the debt that any of the, the school board is in and as far as building roads and hospitals and stuff like that. So me personally, in my opinion, I think it would be... All right, be a, so you want to yeah. legalize weed and tax it to bring in money for state programs like education. What about his pledge, Gillum, for a massive state corporate income tax to in part fund education and teacher salaries based at 50000 Well, uh, I also feel like the big corporate should, should also... Uh, do that as well because everybody in the middle class and uh and underneath is very hard for them to um right. you know you know make up for that make up for that difference so have you decided clearly who you'll vote for on election day i kind of get an idea you have chris absolutely yell them yes sir all right thank you to the phones and bob in longwood on this what about it using um a massive corporate income tax hike here in the state of florida uh, to fund an increase in teacher salaries. Thank you, bud. Uh, yeah, uh, they increase the, the companies, you know, uh, what's going to happen, they're going to pass it on to the consumer. It's going to come out of my pocket. They're going to raise the taxes on me to pay for all this, actually, because the consumer, could, your companies are just going to pay it, and actually they're going to raise the prices. Oh, I so, agree with you 100%. I think it's an, econ- an economy killer, a job killer. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm opposed to it. Interesting to get your take on it. The texters are weighing in here, Yaffe. Yeah, one person said this, said DeSantis better get on the game and pound his agenda or we will see a Governor Gillum. You've been warning that as well, but I have. I'm not seeing enough compelling commercials by DeSantis. Uh, I'm really not. And, and, and otherwise, we're going to wake up on election the morning after election day with a Democrat socialist named Andrew Gillum as the governor of the state of Florida. And the cost of that to all Floridians, I think, is unbearable. And, I, and I'm not impressed with what's going on yet with the DeSantis campaign. I hold out high hopes 
for the debates. They're both smart guys, and they're both good debaters, but that may ultimately decide this. But somewhere along the way, DeSantis and the Republican Party need to lay out very clearly, if you wake up after election with Governor Gillum running this state, here is what's going to happen, and here is what it's going to cost all of you in your pocketbook. That's it. By the way, we have another texter who says we are dealing with marijuana-induced intelligence that don't know math. So uh, there you go. Interesting take <laughs> on that. We'll be following this. We'll be getting into some of the other issues, too, because we're now you know, inside seven weeks until the election. Stay with us on that score. Thanks, gang. Wish we could have gotten to you all, but it's wonderful to know that we got so many people who want to be part of the conversation on the 50,000-watt front porch. Hey, good Friday morning to you. You want some good news? You come to the right place at the right time. Here's Alan Spector. Oh, I'm Mr. Good News. The latest news about the U.S. economy is good, bud, and the president wants to talk about it. Donald Trump was on the stump last night in Las Vegas. Wages right now are rising and poverty is plummeting. You see it. Poverty is plummeting. Jobless claims just hit a 50-year low. 50, 5 Actually a 49-year low, but who's counting? And it was a record-high finish on Wall Street yesterday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average climbing 251 points to close at 26,656. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida State University gets a visit from the president of Botswana. Maguitsa Masisa is the fifth president of that republic, but back in the 90s he earned a master's degree from FSU and can still speak like a native. So thank you, y'all. Thank you, y'all. That was the first expression I heard on my first day of arrival in, in, in Florida. Masisi, and I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> Masisi's in the U.S. for a conference at the United Nations, but he stopped in Tallahassee first to check out his old stomping grounds. Maybe you know something about how to win a football game, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> Visit Willie Taggart, would you? Andrew Gillum might have a very early lead in the governor's race. State elections officials announced yesterday that five mail-in ballots have already been received. The good news for Gillum is that four of the five are from registered Democrats, one is from a registered Republican, and also one of those Democrats is in the Tallahassee mayor's backyard in Leon County. Can you say landslide? Eighty <laughs> percent of the vote. And our long oh, Lord. <laughs> our long national nightmare is over, bud. Number one draft pick Baker Mayfield came off the bench to rally the Cleveland Browns to a twenty one to seventeen come from behind win over the New York Jets on Thursday night football. And you know what that means? Free beer. After last year's 0-16 Browns season, Budweiser this year placed special victory fridges filled with Bud Light at several bars in the Cleveland area. But they were wrapped in padlocked chains that would open only when the Browns won a game. Nick Kelly, head of sports marketing for Anheuser-Busch, earlier explaining... Look, we want to recognize the loyal fan base. Uh, We've been there when they've suffered. Last night, the suffering ended, and moments after the Browns beat the New York Jets... For their first win since December 2016, the chains fell away. (laughs) Browns fans rewarded with free beer. (laughs) Jack Callahan, Fox News. Amazing. Last game they won, I heard, was Christmas Eve in 2016. That's right. (laughs) Christmas comes early to the Cleveland Browns. You're not kidding. You're not kidding. Elsewhere this morning, bud, Mm -hmm. a pizza oven company is hiring people to eat pizza. 
The Uni Cookware Company said in a blog post last week it's now hiring pizza taste testers. Qualified applicants will be required to sample new products, brainstorm recipes, and become Uni brand ambassadors. The company says salaries for pizza taste testers will depend on experience, but the job reportedly pays anywhere from $300 to $1,000 a day. The pizza taste tester position at Uni is open until October 14th. Oh, look who just woke up in the control room. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, sounds like a good job to me. Where do I submit my resume? I, uni.com, probably. I don't know. <laughs> what else is going on, Alan? What kind of qualifications do you no, need right, for a job like that? that. Yeah, yeah, just, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> you and I can uh, collaborate on our resumes. A fight involving sushi and water is blamed for causing a police chase and a standoff along the Texas Gulf Coast. Houston police say three women were hurling those items, sushi and water, at each other Wednesday night inside a restaurant. Lovely. One woman is accused of trying to run over an officer, then leading police on a low-speed chase to Pinemont and Ella, where she refused to surrender. She was eventually captured after officers knocked her car window out and pulled her out of the vehicle. Charges are pending. There's always something in the Florida file, isn't there, Ellen? Yeah. Yeah, this was Texas, though. Oh, was it Texas? The Texas Gulf Maybe I Coast. need to listen more closely when you're doing the news. I'm sorry. I'll do better. <laughs> I know you're busy, bud. <laughs> Go ahead. And finally, Virginia authorities have arrested a woman at the Social Security Administration for pulling a knife on a security guard and hitting him with a pigeon. <laughs> Fairfax County police say 56-year-old Lori Weaver of New York was arrested without incident Tuesday morning. Weaver was reportedly yelling at employees at the Social Security offices when the security guard approached her. She allegedly hit him with her fanny pack and then threatened him with a knife. Police were called and found a live pigeon inside the woman's fanny pack. The guard was unheard and the pigeon was taken to a local animal shelter. <laughs> traumatized. Wow. I hope he was able to handle that and rebound. All right, Alan, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Texas, that was, huh? That was Texas. Oh, man. We can go listen to the tape later. It's been a long week. Like. I've been slipping here. Okay. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio from your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. You want some more good news? I've got some in the Global Terrorism Report, which is just out. News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer has been examining it, and this is interesting and important stuff. Details coming up. Melbourne police say they see no indication of terrorism here, but the FBI and some terrorism experts have been brought in here. This 22-year-old hails from Trinidad, Tobago, an island nation in the Caribbean, which has been a haven for training ISIS and al-Qaeda fighters. We'll stay on that story on the issue of terrorism here and around the world. There's an update on the state of things and examining the global terrorism report for us. And joining us now live, News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer. Bill, good morning, and what do you know? Well, Bud, good morning. Uh, this report from the State Department contains some good numbers, some encouraging numbers, that it shows the total number of terror attacks worldwide decreased by 23% in 2017. Also, the total deaths due to terror attacks down 27%.
Also, it kind of narrows it down. Now, saying that most of the attacks, the majority of all the attacks last year, took place in five countries, Afghanistan, Iraq, Nigeria, Somalia, and Syria. So uh, you can kind of look at the hot spots in the world and see where the work has to be done. The U.S. and its allies will continue the fight on terror there. Now, while those countries remain the hot spots as far as attacks go and deaths, Iran is in the spotlight because it has been named in this report as the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, responsible for destabilizing activities in a number of countries and, uh, according to the report, undermining U.S. efforts in countries like Syria, Yemen, Iraq, Bahrain, Afghanistan and Lebanon. So a lot of attention given to Iran here. Yeah, for sure. What is behind the drop in the number of terrorist incidents around the world? I mean, Down 23% in one year is substantial. It really is. The death toll down 27%. What does the State Department's report indicate is driving this? Well, the the major factor involved is the progress in the fight against ISIS and al-Qaeda in Iraq and Syria. Of course, a lot of the territory that had been controlled by ISIS has been taken back, and they've been cornered into uh, different areas of those countries, and they control much less territory than they did at one time. So ISIS, while they're still viable as a terrorist organization, no longer able to stage the kind of attacks they did in the past. Al-Qaeda, same deal, but uh, they're quick to point out that these two are still viable, dangerous terrorist organizations, and if the fight is not continued against them, they will expand once again in different areas. That's one of the problems here. When you clamp down in one area, they have a tendency to resurface in another area, bud. Yeah, my the analogy I've used before on this show is they're kind of like fire ants, you know? You got to kill them, but then you got to be ready to keep on killing them, and that's kind of where it's we a- are with radical Islamic terrorism. It's like whack-a-mole, right? Yeah, it you, is kind of like that. You hit one and then it po- yeah. pop up somewhere else, so yeah. you just got to keep banging away. And it's interesting. The president said when he campaigned, we are going to put the hammer down on ISIS, and we are going to break up their party in the Middle East. And I think he's done the job in that to the point where uh, it's reflected in these encouraging stats you bring us on the state of global terrorism. News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer, thank you so much. Great to have you with us. No problem, bud. Have a good weekend. Oh, you too, my friend. You too. Good morning, Orlando. Next hour, I'm going to give you the latest and their rapid-fire developments on this. Brett Kavanaugh's accuser, Christine Ford, says she will tell her story. She will testify under certain circumstances. She, the accuser, is laying out the conditions to the committee. We'll get to all of what's going on, and we'll be talking about it with you. Heading into a weekend, it's always fun to drop by your local movie theater and take in the flick you've been waiting for. How'd you like to go for free? We can make it happen because Free Movie Friday is with us here from Adam Tickets. Here's your chance to win free movie tickets. But, man, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. You text Adam Tickets right now. How do you do that? Text record, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win, yeah, free movie tickets. How about that? It all works through the fabulous Adams Ticket app, where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. Have fun with it. The Adams Ticket app and a chance to win free movie tickets. Happy Free Movie Friday from all of us. 
Hey, it's great to have you with us. And if you're listening to us on the show on the FM dial at 102.5, we are still there, but not for long. 102.5 FM goes away starting the 1st of October. We're now on 93.1, and that's where we will be exclusively in the FM dial after the 1st of October. Go to 93.1 and lock it in now in your preset. But nothing you need to do because no change is coming. For those of you who enjoy us on AM 540 or on high-definition radio, We'll still be there at 107.7 HD3. The new website is WFLAOrlando.com. One more hour to go on the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. We continue from your cell, hit pound 250, keyword real estate. Alan Spector updating our news, disturbing incidents at or near two Florida airports, and President Trump giving his Supreme Court nominee a vote of confidence. He'll be setting the table on that story, and we'll be talking about it in our number three. Good morning at exactly 8 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at 8 o'clock on a Friday morning as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, disturbing incidents at or near two Florida airports. We'll have details coming up in one minute. Kavanaugh's accuser, will she or won't she testify? The latest next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 93.1. A kidnapper armed with an AK-47 rifle is dead after exchanging gunfire with police a few blocks from Miami International Airport last night. It was a scene that sounded something like a war zone. An FBI spokesperson says they were investigating a fugitive case when the suspect fled. They say the suspect in a hate crime investigation was seen and apparently shot at police. They returned fire and killed the suspect. No one else was injured. Federal, state, and local law enforcement continue to investigate what's being described as an attempt to steal a passenger jet at Orlando-Melbourne International Airport. Melbourne Police Chief David Gillespie talked about the suspect. The individual that um, we are dealing with is named Nishal Karan Sankat. Uh, He is uh, born, I think, in 1996, and he is a resident of Melbourne. He uh, possesses a Florida license. He has no criminal history. Sankat allegedly tried to get onto a commercial jet yesterday morning and was stopped at the flight deck by maintenance workers. Officials say while he has an operator's license, he was not rated to fly the plane he got into, an American Airlines Airbus. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. U.S. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh's accuser is willing to testify before a Senate committee under certain conditions. CNN reports Christine Blasey Ford's attorney told the Senate Judiciary Committee that Ford is willing to testify next Thursday. Ford won't appear at a hearing scheduled for Monday, saying it's too soon. At a rally in Las Vegas last night, President Trump talked about his nominee. I'm not saying anything about anybody else, but I want to tell you that Brett Kavanaugh is one of the finest human beings you will ever have the privilege of knowing or meeting. Trump told the crowd that Ford's sexual assault allegation needs to play out, but he thinks everything will be fine because Kavanaugh is a high-quality person. UCF's mishandling of state money runs deeper than originally thought. The school announced yesterday it's found another $10 million that was misspent. 
This is on top of the $38 million for operations that was used illegally for building the new Trevor Colburn Hall. UCF CEO Bill Merck resigned over the matter last week. A brand new federal law is now in effect to help you protect your credit. Starting today, you can freeze your credit for free. President Trump signed the law earlier this year to make it harder for identity thieves to open credit cards or take out loans in your name. It had cost as much as $30 to freeze an account with one of the credit monitoring companies, including TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, and then more money to unfreeze it. The new law also allows parents to freeze accounts for children under 16. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. WFLA News Time is 8.06. The cops are called on Elizabeth Smart's kidnapper on her first night out of jail. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. You know, Elizabeth Smart and her family, they shouldn't have to deal with this woman being on this side of the bars, and this just proves it. She's a total nut job, needs to be committed. This is outrageous. First night, huh? Yeah, apparently she was screaming some religious, going on some religious tirade or something, and somebody called the uh, police, but apparently uh, the person didn't leave a number or didn't leave their name or whatever, and the police didn't follow up on it. But, oh, uh, brother. Alan yeah. Spector in... With the news on Friday, coming back whenever it breaks, bottom of the hour update. Of course, Yaffe's our executive producer. We're still on Steffi Watch, his new girlfriend. We, I'm, she I know, was going to come get... by here at 8 o'clock, and we we're going to meet her. <laughs> she's got to get here soon, or you're going to think I made her up. Well, yeah. <laughs> at this point, she could be a figment of your vivid imagination. <laughs> no, we're looking forward to meeting Steffi, and we have our own Stephanie here taking your calls at 407-916-5400. Toll-free number is now 866-916-5400. The text line is still 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. Um, so we now have Kavanaugh's accuser, Christine Ford, saying, yeah, I'll testify under the right set of circumstances, but no, it won't be Monday as the committee wants, and we've known it's going to be Monday. Maybe I could make it by Thursday. Her story's her story. Tell it, and that's it. What kind of prep do you need? They can put security at your house. You've been worried about death threats, et cetera. Kavanaugh's been getting them, too. And and come on. And the tail is wagging the dog here. Really. You know, the committee is giving her an opportunity. They're bending over backwards. Public, private, here, there, in California, wherever you want. But Monday is the story day for you, Christine Ford, if you're going to tell it. And I think that's what ought to happen here. We'll get into the back and forth and what's been going on since we gathered yesterday morning, and there's quite a bit of it. We'll hear from the president weighing in on this, but being very careful with it out at his big rally in Las Vegas. What do you think about the way this is all playing out with Kavanaugh's accuser, Christine Ford? 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply, and the new toll-free number is now 866 866- Nine one six fifty four hundred. That's what we're talking about, and let's talk about it together, shall we? Right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. So, the chairman of the um, Senate Judiciary Committee, which is dealing with the um, confirmation hearings for Trump's pick for Supreme Court, the great conservative Justice um, Brett Kavanaugh set a deadline of 10 o'clock this morning 
For Kavanaugh's accuser, this college professor out in California, Christine Ford, to let him know, are you going to testify Monday as scheduled or are you not? Well, her lawyers have been in touch with Grassley and the committee and staffers, and, uh, and, and they are setting the conditions, which to me is amazing. Here is this woman who's come out of nowhere after 35 years and lodged this serious charge of sexual assault against Kavanaugh when they were both at a drunken party 36 years ago. And she gets to decide when she can show up through her lawyer. She's saying, no, Monday is impossible. Not explaining why. Thursday, I might be able to make it. Um, They've waived the demand for an FBI investigation before this happens. For God's sakes, this guy's been through six FBI background checks all the way through his legal career, Kavanaugh has. You think they would have uncovered something like this along the way? They never have, and there will be no FBI investigation. Um, She also says that it's got to be in a setting where Kavanaugh is not with me, um, and I want to hear Kavanaugh's story first, then I'll talk. I don't think so. We've heard Kavanaugh's story. She needs to tell her story. And what is the problem with showing up on Monday when you know Monday has been the date all week long? The committee is bending over backwards so we don't offend a woman in a situation like this, particularly in the era of Me Too. I get the politics of all of this, but hey, it's your story. Christine, that's it. Tell it, and then the the chips fall where they may. She needs to be there on Monday, in my opinion. Trump talked about all of this last night at his amazing rally in Las Vegas, jam-packed. People waited for hours in 95-degree heat, a line a mile, a half a mile long. But on Kavanaugh's situation, there was an interview that Trump did on Fox before the rally began. To see what's going on is is just very, very sad. You say, why didn't somebody call the FBI 36 years ago? I mean, you could also say, when did this all happen? What's going on? Uh, to take a man like this and be smirched. Now, with that being said, let her have her say, and let's see how it all works out. But I don't think you can delay it any longer. They've delayed it a week already. And it came up during the rally, the president expressing strong support for Kavanaugh, and listen to the reaction. I'm not saying anything about anybody else, but I want to tell you that Brett Kavanaugh is one of the finest human beings you will ever have the privilege of knowing or meeting. How do you feel about all that's going down here with Kavanaugh and his accuser, Christine Ford? And my take on it, there is a bizarre wrinkle that developed late yesterday. Ed Whalen is a prominent friend of Brett Kavanaugh's, former clerk for uh, Justice Scalia and president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center. He has um, gone up on Twitter and made the case, based on research he has said that he did, that if there was such a party, and Kavanaugh says, I was never even at such a party, never did anything like this to this woman or any other woman ever, ever, categorical denial. Uh, Listen, and and this guy, Ed Whalen, has identified another high school classmate of Kavanaugh's as Ford's possible attacker, that it's a case of mistaken identity after all of these years, to which Ford has responded in a statement saying, I know who that other guy is. 
I even visited him once in the hospital, and there is zero chance I would confuse them. So that's the very latest I have on all of this. I want to know what you're thinking this morning. 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680. Toll free is now 866-916-5400. Great to have you with us here listening to us on WFLA and Good Morning Orlando. There are all kinds of ways that we can connect. Uh, Of course, on the FM dial, 93.1 is where we will be exclusively after October 1st when 102.5 goes away. AM dial at 540, no change there. And an HD radio, 107.7 HD3, and an iHeartRadio as well. Download that fabulous and phenomenal and absolutely free iHeartRadio app, and it does all kinds of things beyond connect you to us. Um, If you love music, my goodness, they'll put together your weekly updated music mixtape based on your favorite songs and favorite artists, and it's all free. The more you thumb up and save the songs you love, the more they improve and update your mixtape and refresh it every Monday. It's amazing. There's no end to what they can do for you on the iHeartRadio app. Download it. It's absolutely free, and you will love it. We're going to the phones, and we're going to the text lines on all the drama and the very latest that I have given you on Kavanaugh and his accuser. I want to hear from the smartest audience in talk radio. And you're part of that. We'll do it right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA and AM 540. Yeah, if you've ever seen anything like this, this Christine Ford comes out of the woodwork at the tail end of the confirmation hearings for Supreme Court for Brett Kavanaugh, Trump's pick, of course, with a story for which there is really no evidence. And now through her lawyers is trying to dictate terms to the Senate Judiciary Committee about when she will testify and under what conditions. No, I definitely have never I've never seen anything like this. I feel like we're saying that a lot these days. (laughs) I've never seen anything like this because so much crazy stuff is going on. Well, you got to bend over backwards, you know, in the Me Too era for a woman. And and of course, you know, these are serious accusations, even though they come out of nowhere. And well, and the, the Republicans are practically bending oh, over come on. backwards. Yeah, come on, Christine, you can do this publicly, privately in Washington, out in your home. We'll send staffers out, California. And that now she wants to be only before the committee. So it'll be, you know, 11 older white guys, these nasty Republicans who will be questioning her, this poor woman. And, and the optics of that, of course, is what she and her attorneys want. And um, and and wants Kavanaugh to go first. He's already told his story. She needs to go first, and then he can react to it. He's ready to go before the TV lights on Monday morning. We'll see how it all plays out. But this is just crazy. What's going on here? Yeah, Let's, at least she is willing to testify now, which she wasn't before. So we'll see what happens. Here is uh, Eric in Claremont with a take on this. Good morning, Eric. But you're absolutely right. This is a joke. I was watching the news, and they were saying that Kavanaugh's mom, who was a lawyer in Maryland, I mean, I'm sorry, a judge in Maryland, foreclosed on Christine Ford's parents' home. I guess they're going through some legal stuff. And yeah, that's true. That, that's true some years ago, yes. And I think it's revenge. She's a big political uh, Democrat. Um, at that woman's mark, she was there. She's a very anti-Trump person. And... Uh, this is uh, just a tactic. Shame on, uh, on Feinstein for uh, for doing this. Shame now, let me ask you, Eric, if she says, well, no, Monday's impossible, can't make it, got to 
you know, kids got a ball game or whatever it happens to be. I have no, no reasons been given. And it's Thursday. Does the committee accommodate that? Do they do whatever this woman wants to do so it doesn't look like they're not being sensitive to a woman's story of sexual assault? Or should they just say, listen, Christine, you knew Monday was the day. Monday's still the day. Monday is still the day. Uh, Bud, you and I wouldn't have any, uh, couldn't do it. Nobody should be able to do it. All right. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you. And, Ron, let's get your take as you check in with a Bud man from Castleberry. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Bud. Hey, uh, this is a Democrat tactic. They tried this before, and it worked with uh, Judge Roy Moore in Alabama. The women that came out and accused him of this, that, and everything else, soon as he lost the election, they went away and dropped their charges. And this judge, Judge Katz, she's being paid indirectly. Wait a minute, Judge Katz, a, a wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Deborah Katz is the lead lawyer for Christine Ford. Is yeah, that what you mean? I'm saying. The lawyer, Katz, is yeah. uh, indirectly yeah, being you said paid judge. Okay. by George Soros. Und- yeah. Well, I, I know she's absolutely, you know, has connections to Soros. We've talked about it. Joe, you're in Titusville. What are your thoughts on all of this this morning, Joe? My thing is... She can wag the dog for the simple reason that Maryland has no statute of limitations on these charges. So if they there aren't any up, charges, there aren't any charges. It's her story is all it is. And if she files a cl- complaint in Maryland, they will investigate it because on the charge of sexual assault or whatever you want to call it, there is no statute of limitations in Maryland. All right, we'll see how it plays out. How about our texters, Yaffe? They need to be heard. Yeah, one person says it appears obvious that Ford is a tool of the Democrat, the ATM machine, George Soros faction. They want the vote delayed to inspire more votes in the midterms. Uh, another person says, sounds like this girl is nuttier than a fruitcake. So. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. And 10 a.m. was the deadline for the committee, um, and they're now in negotiations, and it looks like she's trying to dictate terms. Uh, We'll see how it all plays out. I guarantee you we'll be talking about this on Monday. Thanks, everybody. Alan Spector alongside me right now has come down the hall from the newsroom to get us all up to date, beginning with that mass shooting up in Maryland. What's the latest on this, Alan? Well, Bud, the investigation is underway in Aberdeen, Maryland, as law enforcement looks for a reason why a woman went on a shooting rampage at a Rite Aid distribution center yesterday morning. Harford County Sheriff Jeffrey Gaylor said the 26-year-old woman arrived for work and then opened fire, killing three people, wounding three others before turning the gun on herself. What we know is that the suspect was a temporary employee uh, employed here at the distribution center. She had reported for her workday as usual, and around 9 a.m. the shooting began, striking victims both outside the business and inside the facility. We do not at this time have a motive for this senseless crime. And the identities of all of those shot, including the shooter, are being withheld as investigators continue to interview witnesses. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The latest economic news is good. The Labor Department reports 201,000 Americans filed first-time claims for unemployment benefits last week. That is the lowest number since November of 1969. And stocks hit a record high on Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gaining 251 points to close at 26,656. A new survey from AAA finds that about three-quarters of the people who call Florida home are planning a getaway sometime this fall. 
And when can we expect to see the highest volume of travelers? A lot are going to be going around the Thanksgiving holiday. This included through November, so we'll see a bunch of folks go then. But we're even seeing, um, you know, September and October are kind of those great months to find great travel deals. And we're seeing a lot of folks that are the savvy planners that are looking ahead. AAA's Matt Nasworthy says people planning to take a road trip will find agreeable gas prices as well. A Seminole County judge's ruling is pleasing greyhound advocates. The judge ruled yesterday that owners of dogs that race at the Sanford Orlando Kennel Club must report their dog's injuries. The ruling upholds a county law that dog owners challenged on the grounds it violated state law. A lawyer for the organization Gray 2K USA credits the judge for recognizing that greyhounds deserve the same protections as other dogs. Baker Mayfield led the Cleveland Browns to their first win since week 16 of the 2016 season last night. No, it wasn't just a dream. It really happened. The number one overall pick replaced an injured Tyrod Taylor to carry Cleveland to a 21-17 comeback win over the New York Jets on Thursday night football at First Energy Stadium. The best part about it was that we were here at home. Um, you know, you got to feel the energy of the crowd, how badly they wanted it as well. You know, we got to play for play for each other, but at the same time, this city does deserve it. Um, we got to have that mindset of going to get it no matter what's happening. Mayfield came in with the Browns trailing 14 nothing and helped them outscore the Jets 21-3 to the rest of the way. Boy, that's great to see. It really is. I feel bad for Tyron Taylor, you know. He's a good quarterback, but maybe the Baker Mayfield era has begun in Cleveland. What do you think, Alan? Well, they're renaming Tyrod Taylor Wally Pip. I don't know if that's... Yeah, an indication yeah he of, had a headache, uh, and they put yeah. in a guy by the name of Lou Gehrig, and Wally Pitt was never heard from again, and Gehrig played every game for 14 years. Yeah, we remember that Yankee story. Elsewhere, bud, yeah. I got a little uh, name that artist for you again this week. Do it. I'm going to give you some hints. I need help, all the help I can get, as you know. This guy had big hits in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s with his band, The Heartbreakers, and he's a Florida native. Heard here singing about his hometown. Gainesville. Yeah. Is there a question here? It's who is that? I don't know. Do you know Yaffe? You were you were you look like it. Kind yeah. of got your attention. Anybody in the control room know this? I think they uh, all know it. Well, Stephanie, of course, a Florida Gator graduate, you know. Uh, actually, it was uh, Steffi, my girlfriend, who knew. No kidding. Yeah. I need to have her here more often. Tom you Petty do. and the Heartbreakers. That's right. How about that? Way to go, Steffi. Way to go. Terrific. <laughs> finally, finally. You know, she's 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 real. She's here. Yaffe's girlfriend. She's delightful. I had a chance to meet her. You'll have a chance to meet her right after the Can we case. have her on every week? Well, we can have her here every day. Okay? <laughs> I think she would, you know, disagree with that. But you tell you tell she really likes the show. She listens, right? Yes. The uh, the it's reason- required listening, right? There's a quiz like every time you run into her afterwards. Yeah, there was, there, re- there was a reason I played that song. By the way, is that it? It wasn't just to stump you. Got it. Well, uh, it's <laughs> and you got me, of course, in the bargain. Gainesville is a previously unreleased song by Tom Petty that's off the upcoming An American Treasure box set. Tom Petty was born in Gainesville. The track named after his birthplace was released yesterday and is one of 60 from Petty's vaults, available September 28th, one week from today. The collection will be available as a deluxe and super deluxe four-CD set, 
a two-CD standard edition, and a six-LP special edition vinyl package. Tracks on all formats have been remixed and remastered. All right. You sound like you're hawking records on this show right now. Mail by midnight tonight. And wait, there's more. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. Sure. Is All it, right. Is that it? What? I'm, yes, yes. I'm getting the hook. You have an appointment with Stephanie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> wow. I got to move on because we, we, we have... No. Go ahead. You got one more? Well... Go ahead. Bury me on the clock. Just do it. All right. NBA players are reportedly lining up for a chance to be in the upcoming Space Jam sequel alongside LeBron James. The L.A. Lakers star confirmed this weekend that a second film is in the works. The first one came out in 1996 and, of course, featured Michael Jordan training Looney Tunes characters for a basketball tournament. I remember it. Production on the Space Jam sequel is set to begin next year. There you go. All right. I love the original one, Space Jam, with Michael Jordan. That was good stuff. Great movie. It was good stuff. Go in and say hi to Steffi, okay? Okay, fine. All right. Class I'll dismissed. Leave. I've had enough. <laughs> oh, now, come <laughs> on. I'm out of here. Oh, we've got a mutiny going on to staff here. I'm telling you what. Oh, this is going to be fun. We're ready to play Sound Judgment. And Stephanie said, why don't we let Yaffe's new girlfriend, Steffi, who showed up here for the very first time this morning, read the prize for Sound Judgment. So radio history is about to be made. Here is your debut Take it, Steffi. All right, bud. A pair of tickets to see Glenn Beck live, Addicted to Outrage Tour, on Saturday, December 1st at the Plaza Live Orlando. Tickets are on sale now. Visit plazaliveorlando.org for more info. All right. You okay? You survived that. You're Everybody okay in there? <laughs> we're, we're just, this whole place is trying to scare away my girlfriend. No, it's we're been the not. Goal of oh, today. We love Steffi, and it didn't take long. She is absolutely delightful. But back to the game now. If you're trying to get in to see and meet Glenn Beck when he comes to Orlando with the free tickets, a wrong answer opens up a line at 407-916-5400. This one should be a slam dunk for those of you who follow the news and have been listening to me this morning. I want to make it easy for you on a Friday. Our sound judgment game focuses on a Central Florida story that was breaking news on our show yesterday, has made national news since. In a major security breach, a man hopped an airport fence and then hopped on a commercial jetliner. I want you to listen to the sound of the airport spokeswoman describing what happened, then use your sound judgment to name the Florida airport where this happened. A vehicle approached our terminal and parked curbside with the engine running. A male subject was seen running from the car, jumping the fence, running across the apron, and boarded an Airbus 321, which was not in service at the time. What airport in uh, Florida did this happen yesterday? Name the airport, line one. Hartsfield. No, that would be Atlanta. Open line, 407-916-5400. It is a Florida airport. Go ahead, line two. It was Melbourne, Florida. Abs- yeah, we got a winner. You're going to Glenn Beck on us. What do you think? Woo-hoo! Are you pumped? I'm so pumped. You're excited. I love enthusiasm. I run on it. Very good. What's your first name, buddy? It's Neil. Neil. Spell it. N-E-A-L. N-E-A-L. Where do you call home? The Villages, but formerly College Park. How about you, Neil? Terrific. Great to have you here, and I'm glad you're so excited about being our Sound Judgment winner. Enjoy the Glenn Beck Show. Thank you, bud.
don't go away. I'm going to put you uh, on hold, and either Steph or Steffi are going to make the arrangements for you in a moment. Moira with Moira's Mix Company. We have it on the air here Friday afternoon once a month, and today is the day she's talking about a very critical issue, addiction in Orlando. And Moira joins the Budman here in a moment, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. Sliding alongside the Bud Man here on the 50,000-watt front porch. You know her from uh, the Phillips file on our sister station across the hall, WTKS 104.1. Moira. Good morning, Moira. Good morning, Bud Man. How are you? Good. Today's your big day. Once a month on Friday, we have Moira's Mixed Company. Every Friday from 3 to 6, we have Moira hosting live and local. But let's put the spotlight on today's show this afternoon and a topic of enormous importance to all of us in Florida now. It's correct that today we are talking about opioid addiction and other drug addiction. In Central Florida, our community has been wrecked by this, and we are going to talk not only to recovering addicts who can tell the story of their journey, who legitimately may have had pain or surgery and then became addicted to to the medicine that helped them get over that hump. Right. You know, it's not like they're but, druggies out on uh, Skid Row correct. or something here. They get hooked on the medicine prescribed to deal with pain, correct. and they can't get off it. Right. And, uh, and you're right. It has wrecked so many, many lives, and it continues. The fingers, the tentacles go out in all different socioeconomic uh, parts of our community. When you think of drug addicts, like you say, it's not Skid Row. These are people who are working and living among us, who go to the same churches, who work in the same buildings, who eat in the same restaurants, and they have uh, a hidden secret, a story to tell, yeah. and they will be telling that on, on Mixed Company today. We're also talking to ER doctors, who often are the first one to see them, and what do they do, and how, how has that impacted the hospital uh, care. We're talking to people who run programs. The Orange County um, Drug-Free Coalition has some fantastic people. We're going to talk to them as well, representatives from the Orange County Drug-Free Coalition, uh, Orange County Drug-Free Task Force, Um, and then people who deal with only recovery and relapse, because relapse is a big part of this opioid uh, crisis. Yes, it is. People finally get off it, and something just draws them away, and they're right back in it. So today, it's three hours, but it's unique in all of Central Florida Radio. Folks, join us here at 3 o'clock this afternoon on 93.1 FM. That's where we're headed. And AM 540, Moira, tell them what to expect. You got the first hour, then you got the last two. First hour, I am in here. We're doing an intense interview introducing you to some of the guests that we will have as the show continues. And at 4 o'clock, we all leave this lovely studio, this venue here, and we go across the hall to what I call the Mopra Studio. That's Moira and Oprah mixed together. Yeah, I understand what that is. It's a great venue, (laughs) room for a studio audience and everything. So they're in there, and there are tables set up. There's a day set up like the Oprah days of old. And I walk around. People can ask questions. People can participate. And this is the only place where you can come, ask questions, and see the whole production. That is from 4 to 6 p.m. today. There's food. There's giveaways. All this kind of thing. And that happens today. You know, if folks have a little bit of time this afternoon and they're nearby our studios in Maitland, can they be a part of that studio audience? Can they still get in on this? Yes. I always reserve people for your... Um, you know, good morning, Orlando people. All right, well, how do folks connect to all of this? All right, what they should, you know, have have they done it in advance? That's great. It's Moira's Mixed Company 
WFLAOrlando.com. Or they can go to WFLA's website. WFLAOrlando.com now. Correct. WFLAOrlando.com. It's all there. Keyword Moira. That's right. And then they will be able to reserve their seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have not yet reserved their seat, that's fine. We always have room for walk-ins. So we save a table for those people who, if they want to get here uh, about quarter to four, We will make sure they get in there. They make sure they have a little something to eat. And then the show begins. The big show begins at 4 o'clock. But we are here at 3 where we introduce the topic, we introduce the guests, and start getting into that intense interview beginning today at 3. And you'll be taking phone calls just the way we do here on the 50,000-watt front porch in the morning. And the numbers are the same, 407-916-5400, on the toll-free and our text line, 23680 uh, standard message and data rate supply. In conclusion, um, the one thing I love is that you identify some of the big problems we're dealing with locally and across the country, but you always provide hope and a positive uh, aspect to I, your, I to your like Moira's to Mixed Company. I, like I think that's think great. That's true. The reason that we called it Mixed Company at the beginning of this 2018 is that these are topics that your mother told you never to talk about a mixed company. Yeah, sure. They are heartfelt topics. Yeah, people don't want to talk about the fact they're hooked on prescription painkillers. They have a shame not. about it. There is a shame. And yeah. so we are going to get them through it. We're going to give them hope. And we're happy to have you join us beginning at 3 today. Terrific. Moira's Mixed Company. And um, 3 until 6 this afternoon. There's quite literally nothing like it in Central Florida Radio and you put your heart and soul into it. Thank, Thank you, you, Moira. Thank you. That's our show for Friday. Have a great weekend. Wonderful to have met Steffi, Yaffe's new girlfriend, first class all the way. We hope to see her again. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.